Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 10. Glad to be back behind the microphone and back from vacation. I just got back from a trip to the west coast of the U.S. and Canada. More specifically, it was a eight-day cruise to Alaska that began in Vancouver, Canada for two days, and then it came back through Seattle, so we spent two days on the backside in Seattle as well. So three places we had never been to before, and if you've never been to Alaska before or you're not um, used to living around large mountains and things of that nature... You absolutely have to go to Alaska. It is such a beautiful place, and we couldn't have picked a better time to go there, apparently. Um, Originally, when we had uh, started to look like a week before the trip, the 10-day forecast was showing pretty much mid-50s and rain every day. So we were a little worried about that, and we thought, based on going early in the season, that we should load up on warm clothes because a lot of the um, general temperatures in that normal time of year at the beginning of May or at the end of April were usually somewhat unpredictable. Rainy, snowy, chilly, windy, things like that. So we had prepared for the worst and holy cow did we luck out. It was 65 to 68 almost every day and it was 100% sun the entire time we were in Alaska. There wasn't a cloud in the sky and uh, that is absolutely not what we expected, so that was a huge uh, welcome benefit to the uh, trip and definitely enhanced our experiences. We were able to see all the snow-capped mountains, and we did several excursions. One was a, uh, I was going to say a plane, but that was later. One was a train ride up an entire mountainside, 24 miles up into the mountains, um, winding mountains back and forth, and uh, ended up in British Columbia, Canada, and that was an awesome train ride, and the weather was absolutely beautiful. There was snow as we got towards the top of the mountains on either side of the uh, train, but it was beautiful, warm, and sunny. We were able to stand outside the uh, train car as it was going. And that was just an amazing experience to go up into the mountains and see everything from, you know, a higher perspective. So that that was an awesome excursion. The first day in Juneau, Alaska, we uh, took an excursion to see whales. It was a whale excursion. And in addition, um, at the end of that excursion, we went to an active glacier as well. So that was awesome. We saw whale, lots of whales. We saw seals. We saw dolphins. We saw lots of eagles the entire time we were there. They're they're about as common as, um, I won't say pigeons, but they're pretty common up there. We saw probably 30 to 40 eagles just soaring around, hanging out in trees. And the only thing we didn't see that I kind of figured we wouldn't was bears. Um, and unfortunately, the salmon season and the uh, spawning season for salmon is, I think it's mid-July is the prime season for that. So the fish, or, or yeah, the fish are active, but also the bears come out to eat the fish at that time. So they're a lot more active at that time. But they were coming out of hibernation, more specifically the males um, as opposed to the females from what we heard. And in one of the towns, we actually um, heard from the locals that they did see a juvenile bear roaming around close to town. 
the day before we got there. But unfortunately, I didn't get to see him. I was really hoping not up real close, but I was hoping to see one from at least a distance, uh, but that didn't happen. But we did see uh, mountain lions as well, or I'm sorry, mountain goats on the side of the mountains um, on some of the islands that we are leading up to uh, on the way into Alaska. And uh, we, the first port was Juneau, the second uh, was Skagway, and the third was Ketchikan, which are all different ports and cities in Alaska. And uh, one of the other days was in Glacier Bay, which was really one of the highlights as well. The ship actually goes right up to an active glacier, and you got to see what's known as calving, which is when the um, portions of the glacier that are closest to the water where the end of the glacier is fall off into the water and it actually sounds like thunder and uh, when it splashes into the water it's just really incredible and uh it was just it was definitely the best vacation I've ever taken and we've ever taken and um I could not recommend it more um the weather can be iffy at times but like I said we prepared for the worst and uh, fortunately we got the best that uh, we could possibly ever ask for so the weather may not always hold up for you, but uh, as long as you're prepared for anything, uh, I don't think you can go wrong. And the ship we happened to be on was the Carnival Miracle, and that was really a fantastic ship. Um, I can't say enough great things about the staff and the folks on that ship. And uh, we've, we've sailed Carnival, I think, myself, either four or five times previously. And they're actually the only cruise ship we've been on, um, not for any particular reason, but um, this particular two weeks that we had to go were in between my wife's spring and summer semester for her online degree program. So we had to go those two particular weeks, and we only had that cruise line and one other to choose from. But uh, we absolutely loved it. And my mom, who has been on a Royal Caribbean cruise before, absolutely hated that cruise. And from what I've heard from friends, they typically say that uh, they think Royal Caribbean is a step up from Carnival. But... Um, in the experience from the folks in my family anyway, my mom said it was amazing difference between the Carnival experience and Royal Caribbean. So she was really pleasantly surprised. The ship was a great size. It was one of their spirit class ships, I believe. And there was around 2,000 people on the ship. I think it was full. So it was a great experience. Food was food is always good on a cruise ship, and the entertainment was just right. In the days in the port... There was uh, little to do on the ship, but at the same time, we were off doing excursions every day. If you do go to Alaska, make sure you absolutely take advantage of anything you can do in the ports. Like I mentioned, we did the whale excursion and the uh, trip to the glacier in Juneau. In Skagway, we did the train ride up the mountain, and there's also a tram that takes you to the top of a mountain right by where the cruise ship is located. We did both of those and had an awesome time, and in Ketchikan, we did a seaplane, which my wife and my mom absolutely loved it, and I absolutely hated it because I ended up getting motion sickness on the plane. So I didn't actually get sick. That's probably a little too much information, but uh, man, did I feel like I was going to. I could not wait to get off the plane, but it was absolutely beautiful. Now that I'm off the plane, all is good. The pictures that uh, my wife took were fantastic. We actually stopped. The plane stops in a fjord, which is just a um, body of water that was carved out by the glaciers, and... It was really a great experience for those that enjoyed it, but uh, 
If you are prone to motion sickness, you may want to steer clear of those little seaplanes with the single prop engine in the front. It was very bumpy and uh, was not enjoyable to me, but the entire trip was amazing. Uh, it didn't take away from the trip. I was fine an hour or two after that. And uh, it's just the scenery is so breathtaking there. There was snow-capped mountains, but at the same time, it's 65 to 68 degrees down below. You're in the sun, you're warm, short sleeve shirts, and you can just take in all the breathtaking beauty that... Uh, is available in Alaska. The glaciers are amazing. The wildlife, it's just, I can't say enough about it. It was, I was expecting it to be a beautiful place, but I was blown away by just the sheer beauty of the nature and the surroundings. I The only thing I can compare it to is the Grand Canyon, and we took a helicopter tour of the Grand Canyon when we went a few years back, and that was prior to this trip that particular tour into the Grand Canyon. Um, it didn't land in the Grand Canyon or anything. It was just a flyover into the Grand Canyon. That was absolutely amazing. That was the best excursion we've ever done. But uh, this whole entire trip trumps that by probably tenfold, just, just based on everything we saw and, and just how new it was. We're not used to seeing mountains since we're on the East Coast. And uh, been in Florida for the last 10 years. So everything here is really flat for the most part. So it was just amazing to see all the snow-capped mountains and just take in the uh, sheer beauty that is Alaska. So if you ever do get a chance, I highly recommend it. Uh, this isn't a travel podcast, so I will leave it at that. But uh, I did want to just uh, you know give you a quick heads up on how the trip went. And uh, it was just one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences that... Uh, is not to be missed for sure. So uh, I am a bit jet lagged as a result. Uh, we came back, th- I'm recording this at least the beginning of this on Friday, and uh, we got back last night around 1 a.m. and we're up till about 3 a.m. because we were off uh, as far as the time change goes. It was four hours difference in Alaska and three hours difference on the West Coast. So being out there for two weeks, you get kind of used to that. So, but uh, I did want to get this podcast going because I am really excited to be back behind the microphone and uh, did miss recording and um, when I was there I did not bring a computer all I had was my mobile device and we did have internet access in the ports and we had very limited access on the ship itself we had one of their um, minute plans where you could basically buy 120 or 240 minutes whichever it was but the internet on the ship is terrible it's it's terribly slow and you can't do anything like video chatting or anything like facetime or whatever but it was enough to uh check emails here and there and we were checking in on uh, with our pet sitter um, because we do have uh, multiple cats and uh, my wife's friend was watching her cat so we had checked in with her and so you do have connectivity but I kind of used the trip just to disconnect and uh, didn't do anything with my online sites at all uh, other than interacting with uh, I did get back to two people that asked me something via email and a um, one was a voicemail actually so I did very limited less than five minutes of uh, work on anything while I was away and uh it was worthwhile. It, uh, you know, definitely you need to refresh and every now and then get a new perspective. So it was uh, definitely an awesome experience. So, but with that said, I am excited to be back. And uh, the funny thing is, I didn't listen to any podcasts or anything while I was gone, except for on the way home yesterday. And it was on the flight from Seattle to Denver was our connection. Our connection. 
and it was about a two hour and some odd uh, minute flight. And I noticed that Cliff Ravenscraft had a recent podcast episode that uh, was a commentary from a post that Spencer Haas had done over at Niche Pursuits. And uh, Spencer's post was why you should not start a podcast with not being in big capital letters. And of course, uh, Cliff being the podcast answer man, he had a very detailed, lengthy response line by line as to um, how he disagreed with most of what Spencer said. And I would kind of echo everything that uh, Cliff said. And the funny thing was, uh, just a couple of minutes ago, I went to check out some of the comments on Spencer's post. And I noticed that he had, in the last couple of days, he had posted a new post entitled, Maybe You Should Start a Podcast, because Cliff had gone through his two-hour episode. And, uh, of course, I'm sure somebody mentioned to Spencer that Cliff had just done this uh, full review of his post and uh, had a lot of um, disagreements and perhaps suggestions on uh, contradictions and just, you know, things that might help Spencer out and uh, give him some more detailed information from Cliff's perspective, having a lot more experience in podcasts. So it was a great uh, back and forth. And uh, actually, Spencer has reconsidered his idea that uh, podcasting probably isn't for a lot of folks. And he does, you know, both Cliff and... um, Spencer will say that absolutely podcasting is not for everyone, especially if podcasting isn't something that interests you. It isn't something that, uh, you know, necessarily you're passionate about. You shouldn't necessarily just create a podcast to have a podcast. Obviously that uh, you're not going to put forth the effort and the passion into something. It's not going to come across to your audience as genuine and something you're interested in if in fact, you're not interested. So that absolutely makes sense. But Spencer has since come around and he's gotten a lot of comments on his original post of folks that say they did find his site through his podcast. They have ended up going to purchase his Longtail Pro product or maybe any other products he might have by listening to the podcast. Well, it may not be immediate and direct as in he puts out a podcast, let's say, detailing Longtail Pro, provides a link to it. It's difficult to track, you know, when you get some of those sales directly from that as opposed to a blog post where you may put a blog post live today, put some affiliate links in there. You'll be able to track those links. You can easily see how many people purchase, how many people click how many unique page views and things like that. You have more detailed, easily available information. But at the same time, Cliff mentioned to him that absolutely that information is available for podcasts. Just need to dig into depending on who your podcast um, host is. So whoever's hosting those audio files can get you those details. They're just not as readily available as something like a Google Analytics report. So it was really a great post initially by Spencer a great response, a detailed two-hour response from Cliff that was very thoughtful and um, was not combative in any way. If you know Cliff, you know he's not that way. And uh, it was obviously thoughtful enough that Spencer took some of what he said to heart, and he's actually going to, instead of... Uh, one of the key criticisms was that from Cliff was that he may not be seeing the results that he, um, Spencer said he's not seeing direct and immediate results from his podcast, but at the same time, his podcast publishing was once a month, once every other month potentially, and sometimes he went almost two months without a podcast episode. So it obviously 
if you follow podcasts on a regular basis like I do, if somebody is not posting on a weekly or every other week basis or even once a month, you're either going to lose interest or potentially unsubscribe or just forget about it really because if it's not published often enough it won't be as fresh in your mind and you won't have that same connection as you would with somebody who publishes on a more regular basis so that was really eye-opening for him and a lot of the comments from folks saying that they did find his uh, Spencer site through the podcast and that's how they came to know and like and trust him as well so he is actually going to go to a weekly publishing schedule for, I think he said it was three months, 90 days. And uh, that's good to hear. So he's going to give it a shot. And uh, one of his reasons that he didn't want to do podcasts as well was that he did not like the idea of interviewing folks and doing a back and forth question and answer type thing. It was not his thing. He's not comfortable with it. And actually, that's not my thing really either. So he was thinking that in order to have a successful podcast, you really need to do interview shows. And when I started, I knew for myself that wasn't something I wanted to start with. That may be something down the road. I may have an interest to interview particular people or maybe have a co-host or something at some point on a um, intermittent type basis. But for me, I just wanted to get behind the microphone and speak about my experiences and uh, share my you know topics that you guys are interested in and um, go about it that way. Because I knew for myself as well that interviewing folks, you know, verbatim, and you guys know some of the podcasts that do that, they're just not my thing. For For the majority of the episodes, I find that there are absolutely good episodes, and I will usually subscribe and then look at them maybe on a once-a-week basis. I'll take a look, some of the ones that are daily or weekly podcasts, and... Um, but what I find is that over time, if I'm the majority of the episodes are for interviews of people that I'm not necessarily in the same niche or I'm not necessarily interested in the particular topic, the more that happens, the more likely I am to unsubscribe overall or just kind of put it at the bottom of my list and uh, not get back to it very often. So for me, I actually prefer listening to folks that just speak themselves, so solo podcasts. And Pat Flynn is an exception. He has a good mix of solo podcasts. All of his um, askpat.com podcasts are solo per se. Um, the, the show starts off with a question from a listener, but it's all his response. And even in that case, because it's a daily podcast, there's a lot of questions that people ask that either aren't relevant to me or I'm not necessarily interested in. So I don't listen to his podcast every single day. I do download all of the episodes that are of interest to me. But um, his regular podcast is a good mix of solo and interviews. So I do tend to listen more to the solo ones as opposed to the interview ones, unless they I think they're directly relevant. So I still have a you know, desire mostly to listen to solo podcasts myself. So that was something that he was kind of refreshed to hear from Cliff that, hey, I can do just a solo podcast. It doesn't have to be interviews. And uh, that's the route he's going to go. And I think he's going to focus most of the time on his blog post still, but have his podcast episodes actually be like not not a verbatim reading of his blog post, but a summary and um, go over in more detail in an audio format of his blog post. So it kind of complements his um, 
website in that if folks prefer to read his content, they can do that on a site like normal, or if they prefer it in audio format, they can get the same type of content in an audio version. And that's kind of what I strive to do on my site as well. I prefer to do, I think I prefer, it depends, it varies. At, at times I'm more interested in doing audio or at other times I might be interested in doing the uh, written version. But right now, over the past couple of months, I've been more interested in the audio version. I'm personally more interested in listening to podcasts, so I'm hoping a lot of other folks are as well. So it gives them a chance to hear my voice, get to know me a little bit better, and hear a little bit more of my personality. And uh, as opposed to just reading a uh, verbatim blog post, and uh, it, I, I just think it establishes that stronger connection and bond and allows us to interact more. And I think it's it's been working. It's been a success as far as I'm concerned because I have uh, gotten to interact with more folks and uh, make that deeper connection. And it's really been great in that aspect. But uh, like a couple of the uh, criticisms that Spencer had of podcasts were the lack of the immediate instant gratification. And that's absolutely true. When I started the podcast, I did not have any goals of income or followers or downloads or anything specific along that nature. I just wanted to start the podcast, get it going, continue to do it on a regular basis, and let all that stuff come down the road. I honestly just wanted to, um, liking podcasts more myself, I wanted to give that option to folks out there as well. And uh, I do try to do a decent amount of show notes for each show, especially the ones that may lend themselves to uh, additional show notes. So in this case, for example, I'll link to Cliff's podcast episode and post and both of Spencer's podcast episodes, I'm sorry, posts, he didn't, I don't think he did a podcast about the uh, idea of podcasting. I think they were both blog posts, but I'll link to those, but I'm not going to have a whole lot of detail as far as the show notes for this particular episode, because I'm just kind of uh, going into details about my vacation and whatnot, and just kind of talking uh, about the other two posts in, in regards to whether you should or should not create a podcast. So in this particular case, it's not a lot of hands-on, not a lot of actionable content, not a lot of uh, specific step-by-step things. So this one will be a little shorter, but I think you should do that if you do have a podcast. I do get a bit frustrated when I see certain folks that uh, have a podcast and really all they say is a one-paragraph summary of what the podcast is about. And if they do talk about links or anything in there, they don't include that in the show notes. And that does frustrate me because I'm typically listening to podcasts in a car, in a gym, taking a walk, you know, whatever it is I might be doing. And I don't have the ability to jot down notes typically. So if I do hear anything in the podcast that I'm interested in checking out further, I usually wait until I get in front of a computer and then I'll know to go to the website and check out the most recent um, post for that particular podcast episode and hopefully all those links are there and those details. So if you're not doing that, I recommend you do. Um, I understand people may want to direct them to the podcast and get everybody to listen, but it's definitely good to cross-mix your blog posts slash show notes and your podcast, I think. It's a great to give people what they want, and if you're providing all different forms of content, you're just giving your audience that much more of an option to consume your content and to continue to follow along with you and build that connection. So if you are if you do have a podcast, 
absolutely recommend you do that if you don't yet have one, but you're planning to create one. That's something to consider in there. And uh, in addition to Spencer's post, he was talking about stats and analytics and being able to translate page views and unique visitors and compare those to podcast listeners. And Cliff had a great point in regards to that. He said it is absolutely apples and oranges when comparing a unique page view to a podcast listener. And that's absolutely the way I feel as well. Because when somebody's listening to your voice and they're dedicating, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour potentially, or in Cliff's most recent case, two hours of their time just to sit and listen to what you have to say, it's such a deeper connection. And it gives somebody so much more insight into your own personality. And it's as if you're, you know, just hanging out. And I think it establishes that connection, almost that, you know, people that listen to you are your friends. They feel they know you. They know your voice. If they were to see you out, they would, you know, have that instant connection with you already where if you're comparing that to page views or more specifically unique visitors to your site, that person could have found your site through a search engine. They're just looking for a particular post on how to podcast, for example. They came across your post. They found the information they need. They moved on 10 seconds later. And that that's absolutely not the same thing as someone sitting down, subscribing, and listening to your podcast episode. So that really opened Spencer's eyes. And um, I think it's going to be great to see the fact that he is going to be creating uh, podcast episodes every week. And that is something that kind of opened my eyes too. That's something I've been striving for is to do a podcast episode every week, unless obviously I'm on vacation or something like that. But I've been striving for every week and I've been committing to at least every other week just in case something comes up. But I am going to refocus and try to make sure that I do it every week because a lot of what Cliff said really struck home that people depend on your podcast episodes being every week, being recurring. And if you can establish that, you know, when when somebody's looking, you know, they have your podcast in their particular app on their phone or mobile device, and they're looking for that episode every week. And if you don't produce those episodes every week, they're going to either get a little bit annoyed or potentially they could end up unsubscribing. And I want to make sure that's not the case. And I do prefer, I do like, I think out of all the podcasts I listen to, I like Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast the most for a particular reason, and that is his consistency. I know that every Thursday he records that podcast episode in the morning, or I think now he does it in the afternoon, but I know that every Thursday he does that, and I can, without fail, check on Friday and download that podcast episode. Even if the podcast episode isn't for me, I can depend on him. I know he's going to be there. I know he's going to produce that. And it really does mean a lot to me personally that he does that. And there was one week when he was at a conference and he said, I'm not going to do an episode this week. And that's absolutely fine, too. If you have something that comes up and you tell people ahead of time, there's no problem at all with that. Even if he said he was going to be away for two weeks, three weeks, whatever that might be. If that is the exception and not the norm, that really goes a long way and... I realized that how important that was to me and I thought I was doing a bit of a disservice by saying that I'm going to hopefully do one every week but I'm going to commit to every two weeks. It's at least committing to uh, having a consistent recurring podcast but 
I think it was shortchanging you guys a bit. So I'm going to commit to doing it every week and hopefully the missing a week or uh, hopefully there's not too many gaps in there and hopefully that's going to be the exception and not the norm. So the norm should be an every week episode with the schedule being every Monday. So that's what I'm going to commit to you guys right now and hopefully that sounds good to you, sounds good to me and uh, this will be the first episode back from vacation and uh, hopefully we will be on every week, every Monday afterwards. And I also wanted to touch on the concept of your site being passive and the idea of passive income and how great that is. And uh, this came up as a result of me being on vacation. And uh, the wonderful thing is, even if your site, obviously my podcast is not passive, I'm having to put in some effort. Obviously, blog posts are not passive when you're creating them. But the idea that you can create something and, in the, and then in the future reap the benefits is an awesome thing. I was a couple of days into my vacation and I got an email that uh, some for prior affiliate sales that I made of the Forever Affiliate Program had been paid out. So a couple of days in, I received uh, payment while I was sleeping, credited to my PayPal account, which is very cool. That's always a great thing to see, you know, the results of your efforts paying off. And in addition to that, I got my first SpeakPipe voicemail message from a listener, and it was from Tom, and he's actually in Afghanistan working as a firefighter, and he was interested in the fulfillment by Amazon and selling products on Amazon. And it came across my last podcast episode and post comparing some different training programs. And he reached out, uh, had a very detailed, very thoughtful voicemail, and I was really blown away by um, the level of detail he put in there and you could tell he's passionate about it and uh, it was great that he went forth and uh, put the additional effort into actually recording that into a voicemail message and I got the email saying I had a voicemail and uh, listened to it and uh, while I was on vacation and uh, it was great and I actually took the time to respond to him via email right away because he made the effort obviously being in a uh, foreign country fighting fires and uh, still finding the time to respond and uh, say that he was interested in the fulfillment by Amazon program. He actually was going to purchase it through my link, which he did. And uh, that was a huge effort uh, on his part. And I really greatly appreciate that, Tom. And uh, he wanted to reach out and uh, had a question or two and uh, wanted to see if we wanted to kind of work together and see how much progress we can make on that. So looking forward to that. I'm going to be digging into the course this week, and I'm really excited to do so. And uh, I actually got another email from someone, Aaron, and he was also interested in the Proven Amazon course, which is the one I'm going through. And he also went through my link, so I appreciate that also, Aaron. So while I was on vacation, got two sales, and uh, more importantly, got to interact with uh, two brand new folks that I hadn't interacted with yet. And I'm really looking forward to working with uh, both of you guys and hopefully having some great success with the Fulfillment by Amazon program. And uh, if you did want to check out that course that we're going through, you can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash PAC which stands for Proven Amazon Course, and that's my affiliate link. You can get more details about the course, and if you have any questions, of course, let me know, and I will be glad to answer them uh, and uh, assist you in any way I can. And uh, I also wanted to give a quick shout-out to four email subscribers I had while I was away as well, Monica, Melanie, Anton, and Adil. 
Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, Adil. And uh, I really appreciate you guys subscribing. And uh, that just goes to show you that even when you're away, your website continues to work for you 24-7. So that, that is such a cool thing once you get some progress and uh, start to get some traffic and things. It, it does take time. I've had this site for over two years. So it's definitely, as the reputable folks will tell you, it is not an overnight success that you're going to create a site and eventually and uh, have the traffic roll in, have thousands of subscri- subscribers, thousands of visits, and thousands of potential affiliate sales and different income. That's just not the the way it works for most folks. So I'm well aware of that, and uh, I'm cool with how things are working. And uh, more importantly, I'm really enjoying the interaction from folks. So keep it up. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed to the site, you can do so at nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe, and you'll instantly receive my free keyword guide on keyword brainstorming. And uh, more importantly, uh, I'd like to, uh, you'll get an email from me, and uh, I'm always available if you have any questions, comments. I'm always looking for suggestions for the podcast. So I know I'm in a mastermind group that was recently formed, and some of the folks had mentioned they were interested in in some details about SEO, and I pointed uh, some of them to a previous post that I did on SEO and uh, also probably going to create a future podcast episode with some SEO tips. And uh, I just really appreciate you guys. If you have specific topics you'd like to see covered, that's why I'm here. So please, uh, you can go to my contact page as well, which is nichesitetools.com forward slash contact, where you can leave a speak pipe voicemail message, or you can send me a message directly right from that form there. And that would be a great way to suggest uh, any topics you might want to see covered on the episode. So hopefully I've covered everything back behind the mic here. And uh, this week I'm really looking forward to getting into the Amazon program and the training materials through the Proven Amazon course. And if you are following through with that program as well, the Proven Amazon course, what I'm going to do, I'm looking through the course materials and uh, trying to determine where it would best be to start for someone that's interested in doing the fulfillment by Amazon program um, in the least labor-intensive way. And if you're not familiar with the concept, what that means is if you were to um, sell products on Amazon, there's a couple different ways you could go about it. You could have your own products where you're selling you know, used books or things like that that you have lying around the house. Or you could potentially find products and source them online through, for example, maybe a foreign supplier somewhere in China, or it could be in the U.S. You just want to get a product that um, you can get for a good cost where you can uh, have enough money to make um, margin, you make income on selling those products. So basically what you do is try to find products that you could source externally from somewhere and private label them is the concept I'm most interested in, which means that somebody would label the product for you for one example I always use is an exercise ball. So let's say exercise balls are pretty generic. One size ball fits all usually. So it's something you could easily brand with a um, private label. So let's say I want to do the niche site tools exercise ball for whatever reason. And somebody would stamp my logo 
my name on the product. They would ship the product to Amazon with the appropriate paperwork that Amazon requires. Amazon would fulfill those orders, and then basically the majority of your time would be just sourcing those products, making sure they um, testing, getting free samples, making sure the products are up to code, you know, up to standards, and uh, that they are good products someone would want to buy, and then have them ship to Amazon and start to get sales and make sure you um, get the most reviews you can, and then Amazon fulfills those orders, and you would just answer questions that customers might have in regards to product specifics. So that is the uh, methodology that I'm most interested in in the processes and procedures. And within the Proven Amazon course, uh, there's a couple of specific items that seem most relevant. And the first one I'm going to get into is the Power Brand System. And that talks all about private labeling, and it's a video training course that uh, they just added April 8th. So it's brand new, um, updated for the current uh, Amazon system and all the rules and everything around, processes and procedures around that. So looking forward to starting on that. And then they also just added on April 29th a uh, separate module on importing profitable products from China. And that's from one of the most well-known guys in that particular sub-niche of selling uh, products. And uh, it's been... updated and all relevant for um, current times. So it's up to date. It's uh, brand new and uh, that's what I'm going to do. So if you're just starting out on the Proven Amazon course or you're looking to check it out, that looks like what would be the most relevant uh, way to go about it at this point. So I'm going to go through those videos, a couple hours worth of videos. So I'm hoping to get through most of that this week. And uh, if I can, start in on the profitable, importing profitable products from China. But if not, I'm hoping to at least have some details next week on the power branding system portion of the course and hoping to have some good uh, actionable information I could provide for anyone interested in pursuing that route. So that's what I'm going to be focusing my time on and my uh, learning this week and uh, going forward. So if that interests you, again, my affiliate link for that course is nichesitetools.com forward slash PAC, and it'll also be in the show notes for this podcast. And if you're new to the show, I always put the podcast episodes into uh, my site with a forward slash the number of the episode. So in this case, it will be nichesitetools.com forward slash the number 10. So that's where you'll find all the show notes for episode 10 and all the other episodes, previous episodes were similar. So they have a pretty link, which is just a uh, short link to the actual post. So hopefully that uh, is useful to you. And uh, I won't be focusing 100% of everything I do on the Amazon and uh, fulfillment by Amazon program and selling on Amazon because I know not everyone is interested in that. So don't worry if that isn't your thing. I will definitely be touching on other topics, but um, if you are interested in that, I will absolutely be providing details on that. And if you have any questions or comments uh, on that, definitely let me know as well individually, and I'd be glad to help you out where I can or uh, try to find some answers and uh, work with anyone that wants to uh, 
together and to try to work through any issues we might run into. Since I'm absolutely brand new to the whole idea of selling on Amazon, I think it'll be a great way to share tips and tricks and pitfalls and uh, everything else we might run into. In addition to the private forums and the private Facebook groups that that uh, proven Amazon course offers as well. So that'll be those will be some great resources. But at any rate, I think I've talked enough for today. So I'm glad to be behind the mic again. Glad to be back. And uh, more importantly, looking forward to interacting more and uh, being present again now that I'm uh, back from vacation. So I hope you guys had a great two weeks and uh, looking forward to future episodes and uh, interacting more with you guys going forward. Thanks a lot and have a great week. 